At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Well, this whole Biden thing is not working. (laughs) I have some audio from Joe Biden from yesterday. um, I don't know what to tell you. We're going to laugh. I promise we're going to play it really, really soon. We're going to laugh. You and I, we're going to laugh together. But then we got to have a serious chat. We're going to have a real serious chat. We're going to talk about the GOP some more. 
We're going to talk about my reoccurring nightmare. We got an email from a SWAT guy about it. And lies you tell your children and lies your parents told you. That's going to be fun this week. All that's today on the Jesse Kelly Show. But first, it's time to go to China. No, not modern dirtball communist China. We're talking about Sung Dynasty China. Sung Dynasty started in the year 960. And I will say this. While I'm not made of money, I travel as much as humanly possible. I, as you know, I don't have expensive vices. That's nothing I did well. I just don't like many things, which works out well because I don't have expensive vices. I don't like fancy cars, fancy jewels, fancy this, fancy that. I'm not hooked on cocaine. I'm not even a gambler. I mean, Like I said, I'll bet 20 bucks on a game. I don't have something against it, but I'm just not a big gambler. I don't have expensive vices. My vices are food. Don't mind a little bourbon now and then. And that's pretty much it. I'm a simple man. But I do, because of my absurd love of history, love world travel. World, I say I love world travel. I've traveled to Europe once. <laughs> I've been to Mexico a couple times, Canada a couple times. But if I had my way, one well, of those things, if you had a million dollars, what would you do? If I had all the money I could, I would travel everywhere and see all the sights. And if I could set aside political motivations, China would probably be my number one destination. Now, I will never go there. I refuse to give a penny to dirtball communists. I will not do it. But if they weren't that, I would just go spend a couple months in China. Chinese history is so fascinating because there's so much of it. Just any point in history, really. China is there with some mega powerful dynasty, with advanced technology, beautiful palaces. They're just very much there. But China had a problem. Now, to their credit, they were aware they had this problem, but their problem was the fierce nomadic steppe tribes, the Asian steppe. Remember that if you draw a big, a big wide strip through the center of Asia, going from east to west, that's considered the steppe, freezing, barren, desert. It's just all the worst environments wrapped up in one. There were all these nomadic people who came from that area. People you would know the names of, the Huns, the Scythians, the Mongols. China was constantly dealing with these people, and they always understood these people are fierce. You really don't want to face them in combat. These horse archers are just, you can't get a handle on them. They eat, sleep, and breathe combat. The only advantage we have is they're always fighting each other, always. And look, a lot of, a lot of warrior-like people really struggled with this, big time. You know that saying, if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail? People like to do whatever it is they're good at. 
It's just human nature. Remember what I've told you before about hanging out with stand-up comedians? Don't do it. Why? I've done it. They're always on. Always trying to be funny guy. Always trying out new jokes, new material. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Actually, no. I just I want you to shut up. Same thing with warrior-like people. They're going to fight. They fight each other. China knew that. China was always wary of it. They did whatever they could to keep them away. But eventually a man rose. Perhaps you've heard of him. His name was Genghis Khan. Yes, I know, Chris. I know, I know. I'm just now telling you all about him. And he took these people, the Mongols, and united them all. And then grabbed a bunch of other Asian steppe tribes and either united them or killed them to the last man. And Genghis Khan had a real axe to grind with China. Now, China in the time of Genghis Khan was not one dynasty. It wasn't you know, one king of China. They were all split up. There were, there were some people in the north, the Jurchens. There were some people in the west. And there was the southern dynasty, the Sung dynasty. Here's what you need to know for our story. Genghis Khan is dead by the time we get to our story. He has already taken the north. He has already taken the west. We are a couple generations past Genghis Khan, and here's how that went. Genghis Khan takes all this territory, takes a lot of China, takes Persia, essentially takes the Middle East, pokes his nose into Europe a little bit and slaps around a bunch of European knights, dies, and then we have a succession problem. Not right after Genghis, but soon after. It goes down to his son, Ogadai, and then before you know it, all these Mongols seem to drink themselves to death. Uh, you know, we all vice. Look, the, I don't know, Chris. That there was apparently nobody was there to monitor the situation, and who's going to tell Genghis Khan to put down the booze? But eventually, they get into a succession problem. Prior to the succession problem, when they're still beating up the Chinese, the Mongols do as the Mongols often did: go knock on the door of the Sung dynasty and say, hey, we have a problem with these Chinese guys over here. You have a problem with these Chinese guys over here. Because remember, the Chinese dynasties were often fighting each other. Let us come through your territory without getting in our way, and it'll work out for everybody. Now, the Mongols, to their credit, didn't walk in and have that meeting and promise the moon and stars. They just said... Uh, it's probably in your best interest to let us come through. <laughs> now, this is my big issue with the Sung Dynasty in this story, among other things. How you know? How much do I lecture you and lecture myself about the nature of communists? How they don't stop? They'll never stop. They'll destroy it all. They'll take it all. That's the nature of communists. If you're the Sung Dynasty, you are intimately aware of the Mongols by now. This is two generations past Genghis Khan. You know what you're dealing with here. What are they going to take? Everything. That's what the Mongols do. If you're the Sung, how do you not take a stand in this moment and say, no, you can't come through. We're going to unite. But old habits die hard. The Sung wanted rid of their Chinese enemies, so they said to the Mongols, yeah, pfft. Come on through. No problem. 
The Mongols do come through. The Mongols knock out the Sung's enemies. And now the Sung, man, come on, guys. Now the Sung, you see, these Chinese dynasties were very proud, very proud dynasties. And understandably proud. When you're putting out, when you're constantly churning out the most advanced, best civilizations on the planet, you're going to feel pretty good about yourself. You and I, in hindsight, would look at dealing with Mongols and say, whoa, just say, hey, guys, big fan. Can I get your autograph? The Sung? Ah, they went a different route. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. It's not easy to quit dipping tobacco. Why? Well, speaking only for myself, it's fun to dip tobacco. I started when I was young. I think I was 17, 18 years old. Dipped all through the Marine Corps. Dipped for years after. And never got to a place where I hated it. There was never a moment where I pulled out that can of tobacco and thought, ooh, this is gross. I mean, it is gross, but I never thought that. But I knew I had to quit. So when you love something like that, it's hard to quit. Jake's Mint Chew will help you. It is nicotine-free, tobacco-free. It's even sugar-free. Go with Jake's Mint Chew because it allows you to replace it with something healthy. I especially would try the CBD pouches. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Promo code JESSE for 20% off. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Remember, I read all of your emails, all of them. I'm not going to respond. I get way too many, but I read them all. Send your love, your hate, your death threats, your ask Dr. Jesse questions. I will get to a couple more of those today, if at all humanly possible. And... I have one other thing I want to ask you before we get back to our story. You ready for this? It occurred to me last night as I was making my son's dinner. When I say making my son's dinner, it was a whirlwind night. We were all going nuts, me, the wife, the boys, and finally the kids are all, I'm hungry. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you have to eat. How about hot dogs? They said, sure. So I, like any great American, Boiled the hot dogs because a boiled hot dog is superior to all other hot dogs. This is known. This is no. Don't, don't, Chris. Don't. This is no. I boil the hot dogs. We sit down to eat. And they're like, well, dad, this is good. I said, yeah. Your dad makes the best hot dogs in the world. At which point they rolled their eyes. They, they, know, they know who their dad is at this point. And it occurred to me. There was a time. For a long time, when my kids would believe all the lies I told them, and it was so fun. 
the Incredible Hulk. I told them I was the Incredible Hulk. I told them I was a Jedi, that I could move things with my mind. Now they don't believe any of that anymore. So I want to know, what lies have you told your kids? Or what lies did your parents tell you? 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Back to our story before I get to your tax dollars going to San Francisco. The Sung Dynasty. They let the Mongols through. Mongols do some attacking of the Sung's enemies. Everything's going well. Woohoo! Then at the end of that war, instead of the Sung saying to the Mongols, hey guys, can we be friends now? The Sung go to the Mongols and they say, we need some lands. You just took some lands and we want some of them back. These used to be our lands. And of course... These are the Mongols. They were probably going to attack you anyway. The Mongols laugh in their faces and say, get out of here. Who are you? The Sung, the Sung, I should say, declare war. But the Sung dynasty was interesting, and this is going to be applicable today. The Sung dynasty wasn't militarily what China had been in the past. You see, they still had all kinds of money. The Chinese were generally outstanding when it comes to administration, when it comes to government. Obviously, that has gone the other way. But back in that day, they were pretty freaking good when it came to making sure that people were fed, watered, not overtaxing, not undertaxing, how to manage the various government. They were just very, very good. But the Sung had neglected to build up a military, a significant military. I don't mean they didn't have any, but they certainly didn't have one that could stand up to the Mongolian hordes. Not at all. And if you're going to get lippy, fellas, remember this, this applies to you. If you're going to get lippy with someone, as the saying goes, don't let your mouth write a check your butt can't cash. The sung They were letting their mouths write a check. Their butts couldn't cash. They declared war. The Mongols come down and say, oh, okay, it's on now. But the sun get a little reprieve, and this is going to bring us to our battle today. Remember that whole always fighting each other thing? The Mongols, because of a succession problem, have a civil war of their own, a four-year-long civil war right at this point in time. They have to stop all this invasion of the Sung Dynasty thing and go have it out to see who's going to now lead the Mongolian Empire. And during this four years, by the way, it should be noted Kublai Khan is the one who comes out this, the back end of it. But during this four years, the Sung know the Mongols are coming back. They choose to fortify their cities but still don't build up enough military strength. The historians think they don't have the manpower for it because they knew the Mongols were coming. They're storing up food and everything else. They just don't build up the military strength. But they do take the four years to prepare. Gublai Khan wins, and now he sets his sights on a place that I'm about to mispronounce, and I'm going to mispronounce it several times, Don't email me that my Mandarin is off. I am white trash. 
I am uneducated. I barely speak English. I know it's off. The city is called Shenyang. And it's an interesting place. I actually don't know what stands there today or how much of it stands, but there's a huge river in China called the Yangtze River. Again, I don't know if that's right either. Don't email me. Sue me. There's a huge river in China called the Yangtze River. Shenyang is on the mouth of it, on one side of the river. And they built almost a twin city called Fancheng, On the other side of it, on my life, those are the last names I'm going to read you. When they get to Chinese names, I know names are bad enough to ruin a story. When you get to Chinese ones, it's going to kill you. Just know, Shenyang and Fancheng, they're two twin cities on the mouth of the Yangtze River. The Mongols have to take these cities in order to travel up the Yangtze River and take down the Sung Dynasty capital, because that's the goal. Take down the capital, eliminate the Sung Dynasty. But Kublai, and I have always admired this about the Mongols, Genghis Khan was great about this too. They're so, I mean, they, talk about people who had every right to be arrogant. To have every right to look at their, their military and say, we, we've got things figured out. We really don't need any help from you. The Mongols never did that. They were constantly conquering people, in absorbing every part of their military, every part, frankly, of their intelligence society into their own. Genghis Khan would slaughter whole cities and keep the artists, the engineers, the doctors. Oh, you have a skill that can help? And I don't, when I say keep, I don't mean throw them in chains. I mean be welcomed in. Oh, come on in. You're a Mongol now. The Mongols knew when they looked at southern China, this was not going to be a war fought on the plains that they could do what they normally do, which is swarm you with horse archers and finish you off. This was going to be fought in rivers, marshes, jungle. They were going to have to do this differently. So what did they do? They found a guy who had defected from the Sung Dynasty to lead their armies and put this man in charge of their armies. And one of the things he specialized in, the Mongols didn't, was a navy. He was an army and a navy man. And if you're going to be fighting on the Yangtze River, you better have some kind of naval capability. They storm in. They surround one of the twin cities. They surround Shenyang. And dig in for a siege. And I I would never have wanted to be in one. Not the city being besieged. And not the one doing the sieging. Just because it looks so long and miserable and boring. These things go on. This war, this, this battle I'm about to describe for you went on for years. Plural. It just looks miserable and boring. Disease comes, you're starving to death. But they surround Shang Yang. But Shang Yang had done something interesting. Something pretty cool in preparation for these Mongols to come. I'll tell you what that is, and I'll get to your phone calls and these stories. And we got Kira Davis talking about a handicap she has. Hang on. I hate 
hate eating healthy. I know that's not a surprise. I, I don't think there are people out there who love it, but I, I, don't, I don't like vegetables. I don't like to do some of the things I should be doing to make sure my heart and my blood pressure stay where they need to be. I just don't enjoy them. Super Beats Heart Chews are one of the very few healthy things I do that I like. I eat two fruit snacks every night with dinner. That's it. It's not a chore. It's not some multivitamin pill. It's certainly not some big blob of gross vegetables that I don't want. I eat two delicious fruit snacks with my dinner every night. Mine, my favorite flavor, are the pomegranate berry. Highly recommend you try the super grapes as well. Go to GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. That's GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. When you do that, buy two bags. They'll give you the third for free. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on locals. And remember, 877-377-4373. We take phone calls as well. I'm going to take one real quick before I get back to my Mongol story. Steven in Springfield. What's going on, brother? Um, uh, hi, hi, Jesse. Um, I, I, was, I was shocked when I heard you uh, with the uh, Bezmenov video. I posted that on video, on Facebook. I don't know how many times, but like hardly any response. But anyway, unfortunately, I'm, I'm I got to head back to work. But I just wanted to make one point really quick. I started studying Aristotelian logic because I feel that conservatives do not do a good enough job arguing against liberals because of hidden and implied premises. And, and Aristotle was very good at teaching people how to flush those out because it's the implied and the hidden premises. That's the basis of the argument. And if you don't know what those are, unfortunately, I got to go, but I love your show, buddy. Be good, my man. You know what? I'll tell you something, Chris. Aristotle reminds me of me. What, Chris? What? Back to our story. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. San Francisco. Congratulations. You're about to bail them out. The most insane city in the United States of America. You are going to write them a check. But back to our story. Sorry. I'm not getting distracted just yet. So the Mongols invade. They surround Shangyang, but they don't they can't break it because Shangyang, during that four years, they built a series of bridges that connected them to their twin city. Remember, Fan Chang. Those are the only two names I'm giving you, no complaining. But they were constantly being resupplied from Fan Chang. The Mongols knew this. Remember, the army that's doing the sieging oftentimes has a supply problem as well. You see, you only have so much food and supplies around you. Think about a... This was about a 60,000-man Mongolian army. Think about how much food is required to feed 60,000 men three times a day prior to helos, river barges, trains. You have to have a lot of animals. That's right, Chris. Horses, Mongols, you know they had those. You just, you're going to consume a lot. 
They had to figure out something. And they decided they were going to surround Fan Ching. They surround Fan Ching, and now they have both cities, both twin cities surrounded. But the situation is better because the cities aren't resupplying themselves now, but you're still not inside. You still can't get them out because the Chinese engineers were phenomenal. The Mongols by now had tons of their own Chinese engineers. They were just so good at that. So Kublai does something, again, the Mongols were so good at. He sets aside his pride. He sets aside his, I do things better. I'm Kublai Khan. I'm a Mongol. And he sends for reinforcements. What kind of reinforcements? Well, the Mongols had taken a lot of territory during their time, including Persia. The Persians probably had the best engineers in the world. This was at a point in history where Islam was so advanced education-wise and science-wise. And Genghis Khan knew this when he took over all this, and he would, he would just suck up so much of that knowledge. Kublai just sends for a couple engineers from there. They show up, they take a look at Fan Ching, and they say to themselves, look, we'll knock down those walls for you. Just give us a little bit. Now, the, fan, the city of Fan Cheng knew they were in trouble. They actually tried, at one point, to their credit, to storm out of the city. It's called Sally Forth or Sally Out. They sallied out to fight the Mongols, but... You're not going to fight the Mongols out in the open. You're better off just staying in the city. They get their butts whipped, go back behind the walls, and soon these Persians have special catapults designed, and they're knocking down the walls of Fan Chang. They take it down. As soon as they take it down, they look over at Shang Yang, the city they had originally surrounded. Shang Yang promptly surrenders immediately. They surrender. The Mongols allow them to surrender on good terms. But that's not the end of our story here. The end of our story is this. Remember, this was always the goal was to take these two cities and then get to the Sung Dynasty capital. So when you're at the Sung Dynasty capital, you can take it and then own all of China. Well, the Sung Dynasty capital had been one the Mongols had visited several times, telling them, surrender, surrender, give up, surrender, surrender for good terms, surrender for good terms, give up, you better give up. And again, that Chinese arrogance kept coming into play. No, we are the Sung Dynasty. We will never give up. We're better than you. We're better than you. Then they did. They looked down on the Mongols as these disgusting barbarians. As soon as those two cities fell, the person running the Sung Dynasty, staying in the capital, reached out immediately, immediately. It was actually a she at this point. It's a long story. Reached out immediately to the Mongols and said, hey, I'm actually all game for peace now. Totally game for peace. Let's do peace. The Mongols said, oh, no, no. Peace was yesterday. Now you're all going to die. There comes a time when your advanced society can get so arrogant 
that you lose sight of the fact there are people out there staring at you who want what's yours. We Americans are in the middle of this arrogant streak right now. We don't understand because you and I are used to being number one in the world. America's number one, richest, most powerful, all these things. We don't understand how much the world watches us. When our president speaks, the world watches. And before I play you this, I want you to understand this. The world isn't always watching with this, oh, America the beautiful. I love America. They're not always watching with that mindset. Some are. Oh, I'd love to be an American. There are predators in this world. There are tyrants. There are barbarians in this world. And they watch when the American president speak. They watch when American senators speak. You and I don't relate to that. You don't watch when a single other world leader speaks. You've never probably heard the voice of another world leader. That doesn't make you abnormal. You're just used to being number one. It's not like that in the rest of the world. When the United States president speaks, the world watches. And the monsters out there are tuning in and hearing the president of the United States of America sound like this. I just want to thank you both. And I want to thank the, the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general. But my, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I want to make sure we thank the secretary for all he's done. Hold on one second, Chris. I, uh, let, me, let, me, let me emphasize. He's talking about his defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, who is standing four feet away from him in the video and, quote, that outfit over there is the Pentagon. Now listen to this again and know the Chinese are watching. Vladimir Putin is watching. The Ayatollah in Iran, they're watching. Whatever scumbag is leading whatever scumbag country and wants to come kill you and take what's yours, they watch when they hear this. Thank you both, and I want to thank the the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general, but my my uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I want to make sure we thank the secretary for all he's done to try to implement what we've just talked about. This cannot continue. I know you think I'm crazy. We need President Kamala Harris. This cannot continue for for our nation. This cannot continue. It can't. And you bailed out San Francisco. Did you know that? Oh, I'll tell you about it in just a second. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco free. It's nicotine free. It's even sugar free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmint, 
chew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.